Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 25, My How Time Flies. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. So, super stoked today. We have postseason college basketball underway. The Horizon League tournament started last night. We're going to get into a little bit of that. The Big South Conference tournament starts tomorrow, as well as they gave out their year-end awards today. Player of the Year, Coach of the Year. We're going to run through that quickly as well. Betting picks this week. I have six games I like for Saturday, so I'm recording this on a pretty warm Friday afternoon here in the Toronto area, and uh, I got a whole bunch of games I really like for tomorrow, so I'm going to break that down at the end of the pod, but as usual, we start with the number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Watched the game last night. They won comfortably 89-75 over a pretty good Santa Clara team. Now, of all the West Coast Conference games this year they've played, I think Santa Clara gave them the best run so far. It was a pretty close game. You know, that 14-point um, lead at the end, that, they didn't really pull away until about two minutes left. So Santa Clara got out to a 19-12 start. And then you thought initially, all right, here we go. We're going to get a game. And then I think Gonzaga had about a 14-0 run. Now, to Santa Clara's credit, Gonzaga did have their usual runs, which is normally that point when, you know, their West Coast Conference foes just break. You know, they get a 12-0, 14-0 run, whichever it was. And then normally that's the point where you just look over to the other sideline. They know, oh, damn, here it is. Here they come. Uh, it's time to, you know, pack up shop. Let's head home and let's get out of here with a, with a loss. Well, Santa Clara didn't do that. So credit to Herb Sendek and his guys. Shout out to my guy, Jaden Bediaco, who I called a bunch of his high school games while he was at Ridley College up here in Canada, and as well as played for the, I saw him play for the Canadian U18 national team, and really great young man, uh, you know, I've had the chance to interview him and speak to him a little bit, so shout out to Jaden, I thought he played rather well last night against Gonzaga, as well as Miguel Tomley, another kid I called games for up at Orangeville Prep, two Canadian boys, as Don Cherry would say, uh, but they look really good, so Zags last night behind 25 points from Corey Kispert, as well as 7 rebounds. 18 points from Drew Timmy. Joel Ayayi with 11 points and 9 rebounds. Jalen Suggs with 13 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. So, 2 assists off a triple-double. And then my guy, Andrew Nemhart, another good Canadian boy, 4 points and 7 assists. So, Gonzaga moves to 23-0. And they will play Loyola Marymount on Saturday. And that's going to be a part of my betting picks at the end of today's podcast. So pretty good game. The only thing for me that solidifies it, you know, I saw an article today online. I think it was Andy Katz or someone. And, you know, I really like Andy, but talking about how Cade Cunningham is going to be number one pick in the NBA draft. And it's like, you know, watching Jalen Suggs again last night and just electric. He made this one play in the second half where he steals a pass, just his anticipation, steals it, and then full sprint up the court and finishes and won, and just the speed at which he gets up the court. You know, a lot of guys can't run at that pace with the ball in their hand, and Suggs seems to get even faster. I just don't see how anyone could not see him as the number one pick in the NBA draft this fall. Now, the only thing I can see happening, not even Cade Cunningham, if Evan Mobley at USC, who's the big seven-footer, and I love Evan's game. I mean, I watched him play for two minutes, you know, one week into the season. Was like, oh my goodness, who the hell is that? You know, talked about it in one of the earlier podcasts. He looks like a very young Lou Alcindor, you know, also known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Physically, his game, he's got the same little sky hook 
that's a part of his game. Um, and he's you know really nice young man. I listened to him do an interview on Andy Katz's March Madness podcast about two weeks ago. Uh, you, sometimes you forget, you know, these kids just 19 years old. When you listen to him talk, he sounds like a very shy young man. But on the basketball court, just poof. If USC can make, you know, a pretty deep run, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, that's the only way I could see anyone surpassing Jalen Suggs for the number one pick in the NBA draft is if, you know, the world wakes up to Evan Mobley and, you know, whoever has the number one pick decides, well, I'd rather have a seven-footer than a six-four guy that can, you know, do everything under God's green earth. But I, I just am puzzled, you know, how anyone anywhere can cannot think Jalen Suggs is is not the number one pick in the NBA draft. So last night, super excited. I mean, aside from watching the entire Gonzaga game, I sat and watched three of the Horizon League postseason games. So exciting to see, you know, after the year we've all had and to finally see, uh, you know, postseason college basketball. And it was great, man. So I tuned into a little bit of the Detroit Mercy 83-73 win over Robert Morris. Robert Morris playing in their first season in the Horizon League Conference behind a Horizon League Conference Tournament record 46 points from Antoine Davis. You know, I talked about this in last week's pod. You know, I thought, you know, for me, my prediction to win the Horizon League Tournament was the number one seed, Cleveland State, who I've watched play a number of times this year. It's a really good basketball team. You know, that's a team I think if they do get into the tournament, can win a game or two. They're pretty good. They're sneaky good. And so I think Cleveland State, you know, the clear-cut winner to win the Horizon League. But my underdog pick was Detroit Mercy. And Detroit Mercy, a five seed. And I thought, well, you got Antoine Davis, who heading into this game was the number three scorer in college basketball. And with 46 points, that's got to definitely put him in the conversation for number one overall. But uh, just absolutely electric. So he was 16 for 26 from the field, which included a Horizon League record 10 three-pointers on, so 10 of 16 from three. He just absolutely shot the lights out. And that's what, once you get to conference tournament and NCAA tournament, you know, coaches stop forgetting about, hey, let's spread the ball around. Let's get everybody involved. Stop that. Whoever your best player is, especially on a team like Detroit Mercy. Now, of course, Antoine's father, Mike Davis, the head coach. We'll talk about him in just a minute. But Mike obviously just decided, you know what, I'm handing the keys over to Junior. He's going to toss up just about every shot imaginable unless someone is completely wide open. They went with it, and the philosophy worked. So 46 points. I mean, just an absolutely astonishing uh you know, NCAA postseason appearance. So hopefully that'll give Detroit Mercy some momentum as they try to advance through the conference tournament. So Antoine Davis, he is a three-time first-team All-Horizon team. He's 22 years old. Uh, he was the Horizon League Freshman of the Year in 2019. So I remember, you know, I, I've talked to Mike Davis a couple times in the past, going back to, I think, 2016 was the first time I spoke to him um, when he was the head coach at Texas Southern. And he was just waking up from a nap. And this was like midday, and I was like, well, what are you doing just waking up from a nap at like noon? He says, oh, well, before high school, this is when his son was in high school, and he was coaching Texas Southern. They would be have practice at 6 a.m. every morning. He says, well, we got to get our three, 400 shots in every morning, him and his son. And pretty impressive. And so coming out of high school, I think he was like a three-star recruit. He was pretty heavily recruited. Obviously, his son, a head coach that can shoot the lights out. And, you know, he played his high school ball in the Houston area. So, you know, you're going to get noticed in that neck of the woods in AAU down in that neck of the woods. But uh, originally committed to Houston, uh, even though at the time his father was the head coach at Texas Southern, which is in the Houston area. And then when Mike Davis got the Detroit Mercy job, 
Antoine flipped his commitment and decided to join Pops in Detroit Mercy. So obviously, you know, this guy's a little bit, you know, you see what Houston is right now. Houston has been a top five team um, all season, you know, under Calvin Sampson. But, you know, they're all whatever. I mean, Houston playing in the American Conference, so not considered a mid-major. But um, you can see Antoine definitely maybe a class above some of the competition in the Horizon League and 46 points on full display last night. Unbelievable. So, for those that aren't familiar with Mike Davis, you know, pretty legendary guy, you know, best known for his time as the head coach for the Indiana Hoosiers. You know, he succeeded Bobby Knight, which is obviously an unenviable task. But Mike Davis played his college basketball for the Alabama Crimson Tide from 1979 to 83. You know, worked, played at like, or was an assistant at like Miles College, some of these smaller schools, JUCOs, whatever. And then finally got a, his big break by becoming an assistant at Alabama from 95 to 97. He then became an assistant at Indiana from 97 to 2000. And then when Bobby Knight was fired, he took over the head coaching job from 2000 to 2006, which included taking Indiana to the national championship game in 2002, where they lost to a really good Maryland team led by Juan Dixon, who is now the head coach at Coppin State. There's connections all over the place. So once... Uh, Mike was fired by Indiana. He became the head coach at UAB from 2006 to 2012, then took over the head coaching job at Texas Southern from 2012 to 2018, and then has been at Detroit Mercy from 2018. So it's funny, you know, when he was at Texas Southern, I covered him quite a bit, and uh, they used to book the craziest uh, non-conference schedule ever, ever. So he would go schedule like Louisville, Duke, North Carolina, knowing full well they were going to get whacked. And so, you know, Texas Southern plays in the SWAC and, you know, they would enter conference uh, schedule like 0-16 and, and you would think, oh my God, this is a terrible team. And then they would go like, you know, whatever, 12-1 and in conference or 12-2. and They just run through the SWAC and then got himself to the NCAA tournament a couple times. But uh, Mike Davis, you know, that's a guy that you wonder, why hasn't he been in the mix for other, uh, you know, better coaching jobs than what Detroit Mercy is? Now, obviously, I think, you know, he's probably going to stay put while his son's there. But you got to think once his son leaves, why isn't a guy with this kind of resume in, in the mix for bigger and better jobs? And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens going ahead. But, um, yeah, keep an eye on that. Just great to see postseason hoops in the Horizon League. So also, I watch Youngstown State 74-58 win comfortably over Illinois-Chicago. Watch that entire game because my guy Shamar Rattan Mays, you know, all-freshman team from Youngstown State. That's my guy. That's the guy I called all four years of his high school basketball. But all five starters from Youngstown in double figures, led by 16 points and 10 rebounds from Michael Achui. They forced 18 turnovers in the win, so... You know, putting up those kind of numbers, uh, you're going to get the W. So Youngstown, next up, they play Oakland, who is the number three seed. That's a tough matchup. I like uh, Oakland's guard, Jalen Moore, leads the NCAA in assists. And I just think I like that guard matchup a little bit better than some of the young guys on Youngstown State. So my prediction would be Oakland gets through that next one. Also, last night, I didn't see too much of this one. I watched about two minutes of it just because I was watching Gonzaga and some of the other games, but uh, double overtime thriller, Purdue Fort Wayne, 89-84 over Green Bay. Jalen Pipkins with 21 points for Purdue Fort Wayne, including a buzzer beater three just to send it to overtime. And then obviously in overtime, they pulled away double overtime. So great to see that. Next up, they get the number one seed, Cleveland State. So barring a major shocker, 
that should be the end of Purdue Fort Wayne season. I got to think Cleveland State gets through on that. And then also Milwaukee beat IUPUI, and next up they're going to get number two Wright State. But Milwaukee, I believe the number eight seed, and I I think now I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they could get Wright State, so there could be an upset there. And all the next round's games going to start on Tuesday for the continuation of the Horizon League tournament. So also, coming up this weekend, well, tomorrow, actually, I'm recording this on a Friday, so starting Saturday is the start of the Big South Conference tournament. So a lot of other conferences still, you know, in their regular season, and, and a lot of them added extra weeks at the, at the end of the season so they could make up some of the games, you know, postponed or canceled this season, make sure they kind of get into postseason play. But uh, the Big South, not one of them. Uh, they also handed out their uh, season end awards today. And one guy that I've talked about from basically week one in this pod, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, this dude is a player. So the Big South Conference Player of the Year, Chandler Vaudrin from Winthrop. You know, anyone who's listened to this podcast know that I've spoken about him a dozen times over and over. I think he has NBA potential and really nice player. So a very fitting uh, Conference Player of the Year in the Big South. And then also Winthrop head coach Pat Kelsey, the coach of the year. So the first team in the Big South, obviously Chandler Vaudrin from Winthrop. Uh, Davion Warren from Hampton, who finished second in the Player of the Year voting. Uh, and then one of the best names in college basketball, also a part of the first team All-Big South team, Philandris Fleming Jr. from Charleston Southern. You know, I'm a play-by-play guy. What I would give to make a big call on Philandris Fleming Jr. He was also the conference defensive player of the year. And then also on the first team, John Michael Wright from High Point and Jaheim Cornwall from Gardner-Webb. The freshman of the year in the Big South, Rayshon Harrison from Presbyterian. So if you want to check out the schedule for the All-Big South Conference Tournament as well as the Horizon League, I've got them up on undraftedfreeagent.com. Don't forget to check that out. And so my predictions for the winner of the Big South, you know, I mentioned Cleveland State. I think it's going to win Horizon, and the number one seed is Winthrop, and they're going to run through in a cakewalk. I think of every conference in college basketball, this is the easiest to predict. I've watched quite a bit of Big South hoops this year, you know, Winthrop. 20-1 and one and uh, pretty comfortable in all of it. They've just got better players than everyone in the league. So barring a shocker of, you know, a the decade, uh, Winthrop you should see in the NCAA tournament. And the only team I thought is a long shot to beat them, who is the number four seed, is UNC Asheville. So they're 10-9 and nine on the season, including 9-5 and five in conference. And th- they're the only team all season to beat Winthrop. So I think, you know, having to face Winthrop, um, that's got to give them at least some sort of psychological edge. You know, that's the only team to break up the perfect season and maybe Winthrop a little nervous as a result of that if they end up do getting matched up with UNC Asheville. But I expect Winthrop to be comfortable. But, hey, if there was a shocker, put a few bones on UNC Asheville, and uh, that might bring you some luck. So also last night, I sat and watched the entire San Diego State win over Boise State. That went into overtime. And, you know, I've been a little critical of San Diego State over the past couple weeks because they started, they've joined the AP Top 25. I think they're number 22 as of this past week in the AP Top 25. And they were, at that point, the number four team in the Mountain West. Well, they've now crept up. They're the number one team in the Mountain West after that win last night over Boise. But um, San Diego State at one point was up 17 points, and Boise fought back and went. What a great game it was, back and forth, back and forth. But um, I am now on Team San Diego State. I'm starting to buy into the hype. 
Love what head coach Brian Dutcher has done. I listened to him on uh, Jim Rome show earlier this week, had a great interview and just talked about, you know, how he's a defense first guy and recruiting guys that want to play defense. And I mean, I really saw that last night in the game. So nine in a row for San Diego State. This is a team that's getting red hot as we head towards March Madness. So watch out for them man. Uh, really nice team. But they will be a part of my betting picks for tomorrow because I think Boise State's going to get them. They're going to come back and get them. But anyway, oh, the other night I was sitting watching the Fresno State. This was Wednesday night, I believe, after I finished my job. Uh, this was the 11 p.m. Eastern time game that came on on FS1. And I saw the dunk of the year. It was a great game, back and forth game, fantastic game. But Dion Stroud is a sophomore from Fresno State who at this point in the game, there was about 12 and change left in the second half, so plenty of basketball left. At this point, Fresno State was trailing by six, and he stole the ball and then went down and did a windmill 360 dunk mid-game, something you would see Vince Carter do in a slam dunk competition or Dominique Wilkins back in the day. And I just love the reaction from the commentators. I believe it was Doug Gottlieb doing the color commentating. So check out this audio of this dunk. It was, it was unbelievable. 16 total rebounds in a couple of games against San Jose State. This will be fun. Taken away. So thanks to FS1 for that audio. What a dunk from Deion Stroud. Well, you know, that dunk, mentioned at that point they're trailing by six. It kind of edged them on and helped lead them towards a 67-64 victory. Uh, so if you're not familiar with who Deion Stroud is, he's a transfer from UTEP, played last year at UTEP under Rodney Terry. Now, Rodney Terry used to be the head coach of Fresno State, and Stroud is from Fresno, California. So I would imagine he kind of had a beat on him early, probably through high school, and convinced him to go down to UTEP, but uh, transferred back home this year. I mentioned he's a local kid. He's averaging 12.2 points per game. And, I mean, his athleticism is just eye-popping. Go, I've got that dunk on my website, so go on undraftedforage.com if you want to go check that out. I also posted it on my Twitter, at Mr. McKee, M-R-M-C-K-E-E. But go take a look at that dunk. Dunk of the year, hands down. Absolutely unbelievable. So, wanted to get into my betting picks of the weekend. Trying to keep this pod a little short and sweet, you know, with the conference tournaments. And going to try to do them a little bit more on the regular and not worried about, you know, length uh, as opposed to just getting in some uh, little quick hitters here and there. So I've got six games. Now keep in mind, I missed my last one. I had, uh, who did I have? I think Texas Tech over Oklahoma State and didn't end up happening. But I'm still 11 of my last 16 picks. So I'm still you know, pretty red hot. And I like six games. I don't go in and say, oh, I'm going to pick them. I just go look at what games I like. And if there's one game I like or six. So I like six for tomorrow. I'm recording this on a Friday. So all of these games are on Saturday and, uh, you know, hopefully you can get a few bucks on this. So the first game I like is Liberty minus two versus Bellarmine. So Bellarmine's one of those teams that's just come up from D2. They're not eligible for postseason play. So, but Liberty sure as hell is. This is in the Atlantic Sun Conference. And Liberty right now, 19 and five. And Bellarmine, 13 and five. Bellarmine's been on a pause. Their last game was February 13th. So we all know how these, I mean, it's not that long of a pause, but they've certainly been sitting around for what, almost two weeks now. And, uh, you know, we've seen it all year. Those pauses usually hurt a team. And uh, I like Liberty. Liberty, number three in the entire country in scoring defense. They play stingy D. They're number three in the country in steals. 
And uh, they're also number 30 in free throws, which when you get to close games, you know, who can hit the free throws? That's things that I look at. And uh, so for me, I think Liberty wins comfortably over Bellarmine, and it's minus two, so roll with that one. So another game I like tomorrow, uh, VCU plus two versus Davidson. So VCU 17-5, and five, this is Atlantic 10 matchups, and Davidson 11-7. and seven. I've watched Davidson this year, they're just not that good, and Virginia has shown flashes of they are one of the four or five best mid-major teams in college basketball, or they come out and um, completely, you know, for lack of a better term, craft a bed like I saw them do last week against George Mason. So Davidson's coming into this matchup on back-to-back -back losses versus St. Bonaventure. Uh, VCU last game beat St. Louis, so, you know, a half-decent team, but after that OT loss to George Mason. But prior to that OT loss to George Mason, VCU in really nice form. They moved up to the number one team in the 8-10 for a minute, and so I, I just think VCU wins this game comfortably. Uh, I think, you know, they did pick up an injury in the last game. I forget the guy's name that got hurt, but I just think they're deep enough to get past it. And uh, I think VCU comfortable, and they're getting two points in this game. Roll with it. So, talked about the San Diego State-Boise State game I watched last night. They play again tomorrow, and I like Boise State plus six in this game. You know, they took them to OT. Now, keep in mind, San Diego State was up by 17 at one point, and then Boise reeled them back in. But I just think, you know, Boise found what worked for them. They ran out of gas late in OT. But I think at worst, you know, this is either a close game. I'm not saying they win, but even though I do think they're going to win, but at worst, I still think this is maybe a three or four point game. So we'll take Boise and the points in that one. And then I don't often talk about Coppin State and Delaware State, um, but I like, again, I like Coppin State minus six versus Delaware State. So Coppin State mentioned coached by Maryland legend Juan Dixon, former NBA player, played with Portland Trailblazers, Toronto Raptors. You know, I saw him here in Toronto, but uh, they're seven and 12 on the season, six and four in conference. Whereas Delaware State, 0-8 in conference, they are 2-13, as I mentioned, but they're only two wins against Division II teams. So they have yet to beat a D1 team. And if you go look at their schedule, they're getting whacked pretty good for the most part. So I think Coppin State, I did watch Coppin State a little bit earlier this year. I've seen them play twice. Not a bad team. I just think they're comfortably run over Delaware State. So go Coppin minus 6. And then also tomorrow, Gonzaga Bulldogs minus 25 over Loyola Marymount. I mean, I think the Zags are just going to run over them. This is their last regular season game of the year. I think they want to go into March Madness. Definitely not stuttering. You know, they're going to want to go in and send a message. So I can see the Zags winning this game by like 45 or more. Just absolutely no let-ups. You know, a lot of times when Mark Few will get up, you know, he'll put in the young kids, the freshmen. I just don't see him doing that until very late tomorrow. I think the Zags hammer Loyola Marymount by 45 or more, so roll with the Zags. So I'm Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. As usual, I'm going to try, as we head towards postseason, try to do a few extra pods, maybe some a little shorter here and there. Just keep up with the content, keep you up to date and all this great mid-major action happening. So, again, check out UndraftedFreeAgent.com, the website. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out the UndraftedFreeAgent.com socials. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account, both a work in progress. And then as well on YouTube, check out because I always post clips from the pod and whatever and a bunch of predictions and betting picks and stuff up there. So, thanks for joining me, and uh, I'll be back with another one very quickly.
Let's go.